0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Welcome to season two, episode 48 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. I am super excited to welcome into my little podcasting studio, my friend Robin today. She is going to tell us a little bit about herself, and we're going to dive in and find out about what got her involved in the shooting sports and why she loves um, competitions and getting more people involved, especially more women involved in shooting. Robin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Heidi.
2: I'm Robin sewell and I hail from the east side of Houston. And um, I just retired in July after 31 years in education. So it, it's been a very, very um, peaceful experience in my newlywed, um career. And it's amazing how it has transformed my shooting
1: since I've been retired. So tell us a little bit about what you did in your career and why you made a comment that it was, you told me earlier how it was 24-7, 365 to a level of stress. And and sometimes stress isn't always a bad thing. Um, You can have good stress in your life too. But tell me a little bit about what you did and, and why that was such a demanding job. Of the 31
2: years, I trained about 26 of those years. And so as a trainer, you're always looking for something to help someone else. And it was always on my mind. It didn't matter if I was shooting or getting ready to go to bed or waking up. It was always ever present. And since I've retired, that doesn't creep up in my shooting when you're loading a magazine. And I'm able to actually focus on my shooting
1: that i really really enjoy so you made a comment to me about driving recently and kind of an epiphany you had when you were traveling <laughs> 90 miles an hour down houston freeway oh yeah um
2: in a high stressful job that i was in i always had anxiety or it was depression there was always something in one day i was just driving down the road and there was a peace over me and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's what life is like," and and it was it truly was an epiphany because it has it's it's taken from July to Thanksgiving for me to feel that that ease and that peace. That's why I'm here today
1: because I was like, "I'm gonna call it potty. Let's go shoot." <laughs> I'm so glad you did. (laughs) So, with that, when you were working, um, you had a lot of people depend on you, which led to your levels of anxiety and stress because you always wanted to perform, I guess, in a sense. You had to be on your best. Mm -hmm. um, Even if you may not have had your best day or woke up not feeling too well, you still had to have a level of, um, you know, us type A OCD type people have a level of perfection that we hold ourselves to. And I know that's your personality too. And that's, again, that's not a bad thing, but uh, it's a good quality in some of us, if we know how to channel it properly. Absolutely. Um, But having that stress of always being on, you know, somebody's always looking to you for questions, for direction, for advice. And, you know, you work an eight hour day, but those of us, and I've, I've learned this through the years with my own work world and my own career and my own personal life that those of us that are truly passionate about what we do and and our work that we do and what we believe in and our our vocation and our avocation is all tied into one, I think those those are the ones of us that can't leave it at the door at five o'clock we're the ones that bring it home with us and it carries over and we have our laptop set up at night and we're constantly in communication with our coworkers or with our, our volunteers or whoever's helping us and whatever project we're doing. I think that um, that's what co- I think we contribute to our own anxiety. You know, sometimes it's not just the job. That's a high stress job, but A lot of that we do to ourselves because there's people that I know that do somewhat similar work to me, not only work, but even um, in the shooting sports, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they don't seem as stressed um, in some areas that I find more stressful. But a lot of that I just bring on myself because I work myself up to a level because I am always on and I'm always wanting to do do my best performance to Mm -hmm. help somebody achieve their highest. So is that a little bit about what you've experienced? Absolutely. I think best when I'm on my
2: feet. And it's amazing when you're in that level of a job, you're always having to give an idea. And it has to be at that next level. You need to know where that person is in order to help them grow. But also... um, help them be successful in the classroom because you want your kids to be successful in the classroom. And, and, and it is a very, very stressful position. They're like, how do you come up with that? I don't know. It, it just happens. Right. And, and it transforms into all walks of life. And I have found that over the last course of the few months, I've, I have been truly able to turn my brain off since you've been retired. Since I have been retired, I have been able to turn my brain off. And focus on the shooting you gave me my little videos that I, for my homework I did my homework and I'm, I'm a visionary and I envision and I and I pull through and I follow through and I analyze and that's what I've done for the last 72 hours in order to be able to perform and to be on today when we
1: were shooting and this time it's on for you You're not, you're not being on for somebody else. No, no, it's all about about me. That's right. As an educator. um, And
2: that's where I begin. I think that being lifelong learner doesn't stop at the door. Whatever it is, I'm going to learn and and be able to do it to my very, very best. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just so excited. Got a shot. (laughs) Got a new shotgun for Christmas, sweet hubby. And, Two days later, Heidi, um, can we go shoot, please? <laughs> no, how'd you do? I, oh, the first pull, I nailed it. Yes. Yes, because I saw it, I covered it, and I shot it. That's right. Very back to basics, the fundamentals. Ab- yeah, yeah. It, it's just one of those things. And when you break that clay, you get chills. I mean, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I did have to get out of my head a few times. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is it's like you told me it's muscle memory and mm-hmm. it's making sure that you're not slow to to pull to pull the trigger you you've got to be on it you've got to see it you can't let anything else creep into your mind
1: right and that's a lot of um persistence that's a lot of um willfulness yeah you you've got to be you've got to be able to control to control your mind so to speak where um, talk a little, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the female brain, that's a whole nother, you know, week long series we can get into, but, um, women versus men and how we see, how we interpret, how we perceive, there is a huge, huge difference. And you always hear about that men are from Mars, women from Venus, but unless you are in education or in training and you actually see it up close and personal, it's, it's impactful. You know, and I always like to tell the story of, um, we have like three vehicles or four vehicles now at our house and my husband, John, he'll say, okay, I need to, I need you to put the suburban up, up front. And the driveway, okay, so that's the one thing that I hate, (laughs) I hate moving vehicles around. Backing out, parking, going and getting another one, backing out, shuffling all the vehicles. Absolutely hate doing that. So I did. I backed up all the vehicles out of the driveway, got the Suburban back up, right up to the garage, because it was the first vehicle, pulled the three trucks behind it. John came home, he goes, "Ah." I told you to get that first. I go, it is first. It's first in line. He goes, no, first on the street. Right. Well, to me, that's last. I agree. So, so I always tell that story because it's all about perception and how we hear things and how we see things to be. Um, I myself took shooting lessons many, many years ago by some very, very successful shotgun coaches, Gil and Vicki Ash here in Houston. And he kept throwing a target at me or not at me physically, but you know, throwing a shotgun target and I kept missing, 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 missing. I was getting frustrated and he pulled a target out of his pocket because he kept telling me, shoot the front of it shoot the front of it. Well, every time he'd throw that target, I was shooting the front of it and I was missing, missing, missing. He pulled that target out and he put it in his hand. And he says, Heidi, point to me what the front of that target is. So if you can visualize looking at a circle clay disc and I am looking at the six o'clock position because the way the target was thrown, it was thrown at an angle where the six o'clock position was facing me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's the front of the target. I would think so too. And it was in his vision, not because the front of the target, the way it was traveling, it was traveling from left to right. So the front to him was the three o'clock position Mm because that was the direction of travel. But I didn't see front the same way he did. So by understanding what your students are seeing and how they're interpreting, I think, just makes you a better instructor. So once he understood that, he goes, "Oh, okay. Now shoot the three o'clock position. That's all it took. Right? Was just that little bit of a difference of how I was understanding that term. So how women learn, how men learn, especially in the shooting world, it's a, it's a whole new ball game when you're talking firearms. And you, you put a firearm in a lady's hand and you put a firearm in a guy's hand and how they learn how they're instructed. So tell me a little bit about how, what are some of your pastimes, like some of the exciting hobbies that you have, and then tell me how you got into shooting. I grew up with firearms.
2: We would go to my grandparents' uh, house and they had, lots and lots of property that backed up to Red River, which there was a levee in front of the river. So we knew our target targeting what was beyond it. And we would shoot the shotguns shooting in the early seventies. I shot a 1966 high point pearl handled pistol. And I still have that today and it's, it's exciting and we still shoot it every now and then with some new shooters. Um, But they never let me go hunting. And I didn't get to go hunting and have that experience because they never let me shut up. <laughs> Imagine that. Talker. Right. You know, couldn't go fishing because, Robin, you talk too much. <laughs> so I, I just had the experience at, at the pasture. Well, in July of 2015, a friend invited me to go to a girl and a gun event. And it was at that time that my life totally changed. My husband and I have been involved in drag racing for kids. We have sports cars. We do a lot of those kinds of activities. Shooting was something that you had for protection at the house. But now I took my proud little Ruger 380 and shot it for the first time. Sat it down because the bang scared me to death. (laughs) Walked off, took a little time out. And then it became very, very empowering for me. And since then, um, I have gone on and taking some taking some classes from some some bigwigs, some very, very influential people. And it was time that I took an instructor class. So I came to your pistol instructor class, then, oh my goodness, I took a shotgun class and a rifle class. And now I'm certified in, in those three areas um to to shoot but it's always learning it's always going on about that and once you become an rso a range safety officer or even a chief safety range safety officer you notice the dynamics at the range between men and women men who bring their wives and bring them to shoot and are not teaching them the proper grip giving them a small little revolver that's going to kick and and totally discourage them because women can't handle that kind of semi-automatic. Well, you'll be surprised what women can handle. And getting them involved in a women's-only organization taught by women and providing that environment of where women think alike totally gives it a different definition uh, of what shooting can be for women,
1: and what year did you get involved in that program? July twenty fifteen. So going on what six years now. Mm-hmm. So this is a girl and a gun. So tell me a little bit more about that organization. You you explained it very well about women <laughs> learning from women in a you know somewhat safe meaning comfortable environment where they're not afraid to ask questions. Because I'm sure you get some women who come into the program that have uh, all kinds of reasons why they're there. Whether it's, you know, they married into it and now they need to learn because sometimes our significant other, spouse, whoever, um, isn't always our best instructor. Um, sometimes they are raising kids and the kids are old enough now that they're showing an interest and maybe they're the kids are leading the the mom and they're wanting to find out how to get more involved in these activities and so it's up to the women to learn those skills to teach their kids or maybe they had bad experience and they've never been around firearms before well now they need to protect themselves so i'm sure you have a whole bunch of examples of the different diversity of reasons why people come
2: You're absolutely right. We have women who live alone, who have been burgled, who need to feel safe. We have women whose husbands say, I don't want nothing to do with a gun. If you want to learn to shoot to protect the family, that's up to you. We have women whose husbands are supportive, but they don't have the patience, and they assume a lot of information that the wife knows by, I guess, osmosis, But they just don't have the same compassion of of helping someone else learn. And that's nothing ugly about men because there's some very, very phenomenal men instructors out there who get a woman's brain. Right. But when a woman is vulnerable and and scared to death, she needs someone who's going to empathize with her
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and help her move past those fears and get past that bang that they have. And a girl in a gun organization's been around 10 years now. And it was started by Robin Sandoval and Juliana Crowder. And they are about increasing a woman's knowledge, understanding, and skill level for the self-defense. And there's also a progression of, of, skill level that you get to participate in as well. And that's where you mentioned earlier competition. We have a quarterly match that's not just nationwide, but it's also um, chapter-based. And so you compete against your chapter, but then you also compete nationally as well. And and that's fun because that's just you competing against you and you pushing your skill level to the next level. And it's quarterly, and it's a lot of fun. And we have some brand-new shooters. I've uh, been working with a friend, and I can't do it. I can't do it. That timer's just going to kill me. I'm like, guess what? Meet you at the range. i bring my timer. Shooter, are you ready? Beep. She's like, what do I do? I go, you pick up the gun and you shoot. (laughs) And and it's, it's that initial getting over. Beep. That's that, right. <laughs> you know, and that's what it sounds like. And and there's a cadence to it in mm-hmm. in in learning what that's all about. And that's just part of of growing. But if you think about it in terms of that beep and that bad guy coming at you, you have to be ready. You ha- always have to have your head on a swivel and be ready. And so those skills do transfer into real life mm-hmm. if you
1: want to take it that that far. That's incredible. Um, are there a lot of chapters locally, nationwide? Yes. We have um,
2: in the Houston area, there's about six mm-hmm. chapters. There's, they're nationwide, and some are more active than others. Some have a lot of membership. We're very, very blessed at the chapter that I shoot out of. We, we routinely have between 25 and 30 That's um, great. attend, and it's so exciting because they're not there just to pop off the center of it. What's the educational topic? Mm-hmm. What are you going to teach us now? What do we need to learn? And they're wanting to grow. And so, they're wanting to become more proficient, not not in just pulling the trigger, but in all aspects of the shooting.
1: So every gathering or every meeting that you have, there's always a topic Mm-hmm. attached to that yes. so they might learn about sight alignment sight picture yes or they might learn about how to draw from a holster yes things like that and mm-hmm. those are those skill sets that they can come and build on but anybody can come in at any time or do they have to go through a progression no 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 you can come in at any
2: time we um in fact on our face we have a private facebook page and a lady said i hadn't i don't even have a gun yet can i come and just watch that's going to be the best thing to do is to get acclimated with the sound. What are you seeing people do? You're going to be noticing the safety that everyone is using. Unlike at a at a gun range where you may not have a range safety officer on site or or visual. In our chapter there's six range safety officers at every event ensuring that you do have a proper grip, that you are going to be safe, that you don't muzzle anyone, that you keep your gun downrange. And you know what? If you get a little tip every now and then, eh, that's good for you, you know, because <laughs> we're here to help. We want to make sure that you don't get flustered right. in in your shooting ability. And if you shake that ponytail, you better make sure that next shot is... is um, is correct right you know because you, you don't want to go oh i just that that just didn't happen really we'll fix it Yep, analyzing every every shot that you take is very very important
1: that's right so a lot of things that if we've been around firearms for a long time um, we might take for granted the sound, you know, we know that when we go to a range, we put our ears and eyes on. It's just, you know, second nature. That's what we do. But it's knowing. Where you came from, meaning, you know, the first time you stepped in the door as a participant, what what the sounds were, what the visual was, what the smells were. I mean, if you've been on an indoor gun range, it you smell the gunpowder. You know, a lot of us really like that smell in an indoor <laughs> gun range. Yes, yes, but it's a new person coming into the the shooting sports or the the competition world or just the familiar familiarization of it. That can be overwhelming because that might be all they're thinking about is, is it going to be loud? Is it going to be loud? And when you fill your head, especially women, when you fill your head with other thoughts, how does that affect your performance? And a new person, how does that affect their safety? Um, yeah, we we see that a lot, especially
2: when a lady comes in with a gun that does not fit her. A revolver may be for you. Mm-hmm. But it it's not gonna be for everyone. Um a certain a certain pistol that everyone loves is great for some people. It is not necessarily for me. Uh for example, Sunday a lady came in, she had a 40 cal and brand new shooter, mm-hmm. had never shot before, but that's what her husband sent with her right. to the range. And so with our leadership team that um, we have, we all have a variety of guns from 380 to 45, nine mil being the most common, mm-hmm. but they're all, none of them are the same brands mm-hmm. because every one of us has a different um, favorite. Right. And so, what we do a couple of times a year is we will have a try it on for size and we will bring them all of our guns. Set them up in the bay and have um, the opportunity to shoot each gun to find out where you fit. Not only is it about fit, but it's also about price
1: point. Certainly. Because a lot of times you can't get that experience at a gun store. No. So, um, you know, being to a lot of different gun stores all over the greater Houston and beyond area. Um, oftentimes, if you go into some gun stores, you may have an inexperienced person behind the counter who really can't help you with your fit. Um, sometimes, as a new shooter, it, especially women, it can be very intimidating. Especially when you walk into a gun store, it's it's getting better, but mm-hmm. predominantly mm-hmm. it's going to be guys. And if you are intimidated and and just don't have that knowledge base to be confident in your choice or your questions, you know that's a huge you know that can be a, a, a turn off for a lot of new shooters.
2: Absolutely, and and that's where. When you have a women's organization and you have women who have different size hands and different favorites um, in a a wide variety of guns, never forget the time. My husband is in charge of buying the guns. And I told him, sweetheart, we just went into a a store, one of those box stores. And um, he goes, what are we doing? I said, always looking at guns. Always. Not that we need another one. But Mr. Supportive as he is. (laughs) I can't. I got to stop laughing. We walk up to the counter and I go, "That's the one I want." (laughs) And he goes, "Another gun." (laughs) And and it was a Sig P two thirty eight because I wanted it to conceal carry. Uh huh. And um, he's like, "Oh my gosh!" He goes, "I didn't realize that that's what you wanted." I go, "I cannot carry a full size barrel on my hip, right?" (laughs) I go, "And my purse isn't that big, right?" You know, and he's like, oh, my gosh. And the look on his face was just, you know, of, of sheer shock. Well, that's what you really want? Yeah, that's what I really want. He's like, okay, you know, so we, we get a new gun. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I always have to have my spin on things. My, my grips have to be anodized Tiffany blue. <laughs> you know, guns are not supposed to be blinging. But there are some things that a girl has to have, and right. doesn't necessarily say they all have to be black. Right? But mine have Tiffany blue, customized anodized handles.
1: I've seen some really pretty pistol grips. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about, um, we. Used, I know you're very proficient and very comfortable with pistols. Um, after you came to our classes and you learned that we also did rifle and shotgun, you stepped out of your box a little bit and decided to try out um, rifles and shotguns. Now, to that statement, um, a lot of people that are really good with pistols have an easier transition into shooting a rifle because you have to be steady. You know, you're aiming sight picture side alignment, trigger squeeze, breathing. All of that is very critical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a really good shot. Shotgun is 180 degrees. Throw everything you've learned about pistols and rifles out the window because everything is different when you're chasing a moving target.
2: Yes. Right.
1: Yes. So I want to hear from your perspective <laughs> and I know from my perspective, because I was there, um, some of the things that you went through taking your shotgun class and then actually becoming an instructor to what you've performed today on the range.
2: Um, totally, totally out of my comfort zone. We have shotguns at the house. I even got them out of the attic and John loved them. John loved cleaning them. And I was very, very gracious for John cleaning those guns, John being my husband, yeah <laughs> thank you, John. <laughs> he
1: loves cleaning guns, I know right,
2: and, and he was very very in his element, cleaning those guns because most of them had not been shot in, in in a good fifty years and um so we took the class and have a little issue or two issues, one of them is i'm left eye dominant, but I'm right I shoot right. The other part of it is I'm a breast cancer survivor. And I have augmentation um, all up at the top. And I had to be cleared, which was a delay in me wanting or ever wanting to shoot a long gun. Didn't matter if it was a rifle or a shotgun. And, and so I had to get cleared in order to be able to do that, knowing that guns kick and, um, and where I would actually place it and learning where that pocket was. So that was... A, a, a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi was so so patient because the, I didn't know what I I was supposed to be looking out of. <laughs> I was supposed <laughs> to hold my head, um, and and we were able to to finally get me into a position where I could see the target and and follow it through. And when I hit that clay, that was. A, a page turner for me. I think you cried. I did I, because it was just so exciting and, and and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm in those English movies you know where they go shoots Kate and and you know now I can go fox hunting and um yeah, no, I, you know, but it was an idea anyway. but it in it, and, and being able to try um in the in the CZ lady Sterling was was awesome as well. Which is what I end up getting for Christmas. The reason I got it for Christmas was because I told my husband no more pistols. We're done. And so, since a shotgun does not fall in the pistol category, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I ended up getting for Christmas, um, and I was excited. But it it is such a new a new um, element of shooting that is very very exciting. You can shoot. I can shoot a target all day long. Right. I can hear that steel go ping. That's exciting. But when you have to see that clay and sh- and get it and and it's and it's moving, that's just a whole nother level. Right. I mean,
1: I'm still on a high right now.
2: I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm like my legs are shaking. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Okay, we, we're done. Let's go warm. Let's go back.
1: Yeah. So she just <laughs> shot 50 rounds and probably broke. Ugh. Probably 40 clays. Yeah. She did awesome. But again, it's that training. It's that practice. It's that training in the way that you're going to be shooting. Yeah. It's that discipline you know because there's a couple little drills that you can practice at home with an unloaded shotgun you know learning how to get it into position and and feeling what that feels like so when you come to the range you've already felt that you've yes. already practiced with it you know how heavy the gun is you know what you're what you need to overcome to be successful on the range okay. so there's a lot of things that you can do on your own so
2: it it, it is and and when you're practicing it's it's very very empowering and and getting that in the muscle memory and and i'm a visual as i'm a visualizer and i'm always visualizing how to, to move that gun and heidi said she was going to put double-sided tape on my cheek to keep my cheek on the stock <laughs> you know <laughs> so next time you see me and i have a little red mark you know that it was the double-sided tape she must have been working with heidi again uh, heidi, oh golly heidi thanks <laughs>
1: And make up, um it, See, it's things like that that women have to worry about. Yes. You know, putting makeup over a little double-sided sticky tape mark on our
2: face. I know, right? Thankfully, it's not, you know, swimsuit weather. I'd be sporting off the bruises in my, my pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, no. We we had a, a pad on there for, for the protection. But right. it, I, I love it. I haven't met a gun, well, maybe, that I didn't like. Um, There's a few pistols out there that are not
1: conducive to my (laughs) liking. (laughs) You know, you just mentioned something that made me also follow up with the whole women teaching women thing is that we have um, women parts that we know how to help another lady with those women parts work around. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are more blessed than others um, or so. But the point being is there are modifications that we can make that oftentimes Working with a guy instructor doesn't really understand some of those challenges. And you've shared, thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. all that. But those are real challenges.
2: They are. And and when I've gone into a class with a male instructor, that's one of the first, tell me about yourself. Um, Normally, I don't walk around saying, hey, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Right. But they need to be aware as an instructor that I do have augmentation and I am. I will not do anything that is going to endanger right. anything up there. I, I just won't do that. That's right. That's right. And in okay. women who have had surgeries, not just um, hand surgeries or arm surgeries, how does it impact between your shoulder blades? Mm-hmm. And that, that was a. That's a really good thing about retirement. There's no stress between the shoulder blades. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold that shotgun a little longer. Yep. <laughs> You know, Uh, and and, and those are things that, yes, women do take into
1: consideration. So one thing that you mentioned earlier on is drag racing. Tell me, like, really drag racing? Like in those little cars that you're a single driver and you go like 500 miles an hour? I mean, is that... (laughs) Tell me about that. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. You're intrigued.
2: Um, In 1993... NRA began a junior drag racing league and it was for ages kit for kids, ages eight to 18. And my husband and I sponsored, um, over the years, 10 youths to earn scholarship money, drag racing. And they, the top speed that they were going was about 75 miles an hour in the eighth mile. And it Helped them. We, we put underprivileged kids in the car. Mm-hmm. They all all the kids came from broken homes, and they had so much fun. They learned so much. We had kids go to school on scholarships, and we have a couple of national champion, world champions.
0: Wow.
2: Um, one who was back to back in the same class. Wow! Who won the inaugural and the year next year? We've had um, perfect light. Uh, recipient at a national event, and it's it was very very exciting for the kids. We we still are part of it. We don't have any cars because we have our own sports cars. <laughs> We're a little older now. <laughs> and like to and like to cruise <laughs> a little bit more. Did you actually drag race? I did. Race? I was the the mom three years in a row, mom champ. And How fast did your car go? Um, it, I was in a junior dragster, so I was only going 75 miles an hour. Wow. But we were in the process of putting together our 72 SS Chevelle with a big block in it, Schaffer Hoff, and um, my husband doesn't think I'm going to drag race it, but, mm, yeah, <laughs> it's going down the track. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's a lot of fun. Right. It is. You're in a controlled environment, and you're not on the street. You're not unsafe. And uh, it's
1: it's a lot of fun. We like to we like to do that. And see, that resonates with, I think, the activities that we choose, especially in the shooting world. You're in a controlled environment. Yes. You know, you're safe. And that goes from your drag racing days over to now a girl and a gun. Same thing. You're yes. safe. You're in a controlled environment. You've got trained individuals around you that if you have a problem or a question, they're right there to help you.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, it is.
1: I'm of the mindset that, you know, we shooters, you know, we're like a big family, extended family. Everywhere you go, when you are in some type of a shooting activity, some type of a competition event, you know, we all come from the same mold, so to speak.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, about loving what you do. And I love being a part of this organization. I love helping other women My passion really comes from helping kids learn gun safety, but it all is, I love that it's controlled. Yeah. It's, they, you do have an event, but it's a very, very safe environment and we live the gun safety rules.
1: That's right. That's right. So have you ever trained up any young, young girls? I have now that you mention it, (laughs) I've
2: been working with a family of five. Two sets of twins and a spare, and um, the the older set of twins, uh, a boy and a girl, and she absolutely loves shooting, and um, we use these six-hour airsoft guns that mimic um, pretty much a, a real gun. It actually has good good uh, trigger press. It's got some little bit of recoil for a, for a BB gun depending on how much CO2 you have in there. And her within you know two lessons she was drawing from a holster nice and shooting at 30 yards and I was very very proud of her brought out a, um, a little rifle Airsoft rifle, shooting in the, in the lane position and just so excited about moving forward in her skill set. So what
1: did that do to empower that young girl?
2: Oh her her whole world just opened up because she's a she's really really math oriented. Loves um coding and this has just taken her she's not a girly girl, mm-hmm. but she's not a tomboy either. It's just giving her a well-rounded uh world and hey, I can do this just like the big guys, you yep. know, and 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 she's she's done very very well. I'm very proud of her. That's yeah, awesome. and her little sister, the spare, is four, <laughs> and she is a hot mess express. Let me tell you, <laughs> she's she. We had had several lessons, and she was using the um the the true um green uh, balls, not the not the lead shot. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think I graduated. I'm ready to move up. So we went and got her a sig and um, she's okay. Like, okay, now it needs to be pink, and we got her some gun skins. And, Where'd she get that from? Um, I wonder where. <laughs> <laughs> and her and her dad put it on, and and so we we we've had a couple of lessons. And as a four year old, they don't have the grip strength, right? And so pulling with two trigger, two two fingers on the trigger, it is definitely acceptable. But she's um, she's ready. She goes. I think I can handle this. See, that's awesome. Now, do her parents shoot? Her dad is a, is a is a grew up with guns, grew up okay. with handguns, grew up in you know on a on a farm ranch. Mom has come with me to a girl and gun event. She's very supportive, but just and and she trains with me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but just to go out and shoot and to have a love for it. She wants to be knowledgeable. That's right, and and that's important. For her um, to be knowledgeable about about the safety of the guns,
1: and I see a lot of that too. A lot of people that have I've come in contact with, um, their kids are getting involved. And nowadays, I mean, I'm not going to go off on my tangent with video games and you know the the world that we currently live in with technology, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, sadly, you know, young people are attached to a screen a lot of hours a day. And to get them off the screen and outdoors is incredible. It's an experience that a lot of kids don't get. So when you, we see a lot of people that um, we come in contact with who they have friends that went to the shooting range and now they want to get involved. Well, before they get involved, parents, mom, dad, or both want to get trained. And I think that is the, the best scenario that you can have because when you remove the curiosity it it becomes such a safer activity because there's nothing worse that you can tell somebody is don't touch that red button. Right. They're going to, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. You know, guns are bad, you know, Mm guns, you know, they can be if they're not used with the right intention, but um, removing the mystery, removing Mm -hmm. the curiosity. And that doesn't even go for kids. I mean, it goes for any first time gun, gun user. Anytime I I came in contact with a lady, she came to one of my trainings and she came from out of state and she had nothing but bad, um, feelings about firearms. You know, she she grew up in a uh, neighborhood that she heard gunshots a lot and she was just grown up that guns were bad. Guns were bad. Well, when she moved to Texas, of course, you know, guns are good. Here in Texas. <laughs> yes, they are. And so she wanted to become part of our culture. And she stepped foot in the classroom and saw unloaded firearms that I have. And she started crying. Mm-hmm. Because that fear, you know, just the visual of seeing those firearms conjured up such memories of how she grew up, you know, and she never had guns growing up, but she was always told how bad they were and they're evil. And Um, no, we shouldn't have them. And then, but she wanted to, she wanted to overcome her own fear. Right. So, you know, commended her for coming to class and she saw them and it just took her so much strength, personal, you know, her own strength to get up, to actually handle it and to hold it. And to, you know, open and close the action. And, you know, that was just such an empowering moment for her, you know, and then, of course, progressing her over to the range and breaking clays was a very similar experience to what you had. But just showing people that, you know, they're not evil. They're not they're not a dirty word. You right. Know? And, 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 but you that you have to go into with all guns
2: are loaded all the time. Correct. As as your correct. mindset. Yep. And that transfers even to rubber band guns. So I got the littles, this group of of children, I got them a rubber band gun and my beefcake points to the gun and he's, he's, Ms. Sewell, finger off the trigger, finger off the trigger. And, and, you know, and I said, you're absolutely right. He goes, I just want you to know I learned something. That's right. You know, And, and that's very, very important that your finger isn't on the trigger, even if it's not loaded, because... There, it only takes that one time That's right. for it to accidentally be, and, and you and I did it today, show clear. Mm-hmm. Please confirm that it is clear before I took the, the shotgun apart. That's right. It's, it's just those habits to get
1: into to make sure that we're safe all the time. That's right. You want to be so ingrained in gun safety that when you're vacuuming, um, your finger's off the trigger until you're ready to squeeze it to turn the vacuum on, right? You want to make sure that your fingers off the water bottle trigger until you're ready to squirt. You know, I, 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 one of my students, um, told me that story and I started paying attention and I agree, you know, I caught myself doing the exact same thing that, you know, being so involved in firearms and enjoying being around them and training with them and shooting them so much that, that just follows with you, everything you do with the whole safety. Oh yeah. The,
2: the bathroom cleaner, because it has bleach in it, trying to pull it with one finger, yeah, <laughs> try doing that at several times that that fast pace of boom, 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 yeah. boom with two fingers, uh, one finger yeah <laughs> you you really work on that press,
1: so you could train with anything,
2: right? yeah, you know it it's it's one of those things that you it's a, it's a mindset that's right. and And what are you doing to to build? I heard a strange noise in the house, and I'm like, what was that, you know, and where was I, not, where was I in the house and where was the closest firearm?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it wasn't anything except for the, the car next door. But it, it startled me because I wasn't, I wasn't aware of right. what was going on. I was on, you know, doing something else. Right. I, I was embroidering or something, but it was like, where's the nearest gun? Yeah. You know, I got to be safe. Right. Protect yourself. You have to. You have to.
1: Well, is there any other stories or contributions you'd like to share about Robin and (laughs) what you've done, getting outdoors, staying outdoors, keeping it real, keeping
2: it real? Uh, Shooting is is a has been fun and has been very very good for me. I enjoy it by all means, and I love the ladies that I'll get to work with on a. On a daily basis, on a on a monthly basis, because as you see their journey, it's very, very. It's a very good feeling mm-hmm. watching watching the ladies progress and, and move towards a goal yep. in mind. To go out there to shoot to pop off fifty rounds to say, "Hey, I had fifty rounds of ammo to you know pop off," is not the purpose. You need to go out there with the skill, with a skill and a drill in mind, in order because it's a perishable skill. Mm-hmm. And I know that since the ammo shortage, I'm not shooting the amount that I was shooting, and I can see where my skills are not where they were. Right. But helping those others get on their journey has very has been very exciting
1: because you are on their side of it at one time oh yeah so you know what yeah. they're going through and, and you- it's
2: not that long ago i've only been shooting regularly since 2015 right and to to always grow and learn and and to, and to move forward in those skill sets it's
1: it's right there and and it's
2: you know i like it it's it's a lot of fun
1: it is a lot of fun i like how you say it's um you go with purpose you do with the purpose. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but when I'm helping somebody or teaching somebody a new skill, especially breaking clays, um, I, sometimes I feel like I get more excited when they break that clay when than they do.
2: Oh yeah, they I do. I mean, I, I, I see you. I'm like, okay, you got to stop bragging on me because <laughs> it's getting, in, it's getting in my head. I'm, uh, nope, nope. Can't get too big for your britches. That's right. Um, but it, it is, it's, when you are able to motivate someone to their potential. Yeah. it, it A lady who just got a new um, a new gun was able to finish her distinguished expert and to watch her grow from um, a grouping that was I w- I'm going to say an eight inch grouping, which is not real good when you're working on your your marksmanship levels. Right. To a grouping that was within two inches. It, it, it is amazing. You get that, that feeling of, of accomplishment. Right. And, and looking at her smile just made it all the difference in the world. Yep. You know, and, and when, when you're working with people and they, they do their first quarterly match and oh my gosh, they finished third. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and you know that you had a piece of that. You help them with that. And, and, you know, sometimes it's only that encouraging word. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. It's helping them understand that, hey, you got this. That's right. My mom says that all the time. I got this. Yeah. No, yeah, you do, mom. <laughs>
1: That's right. Well, I so much appreciate you spending time today in my little studio and sharing some of your successes and how you got to where you are today. It's been a blast, no pun intended, but (laughs) you're so much fun to work with and to talk to. So there is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo and Robin. And you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.
0: Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.